Blog Talk Radio. Welcome all truth seekers from across the globe. This is Reverend Karen L. Heasley from the Spiritual Path Church of Newcastle, Pennsylvania in the United States. Our truth seeker show covers a variety of subjects from angels to afterlife communication to parapsychology to spiritualism to near-death experiences to meditation and a number of other truth-seeking topics. We are happy you have chosen to join us for this episode and hope you find it informative and enjoyable. After our chat tonight with Reverend Sharon Subas, we will be taking calls. Now, get a piece of paper and a pencil and write this number down. 657-383-0416. I'm going to repeat this again. 657-383-0416. And we also have a chat room open tonight. As I mentioned, our guest tonight is Reverend Sharon Zubas. Sharon has trained and worked as a spiritualist minister, speaker, medium, and healer beginning in 1998, holding a degree in education. Sharon uses her background and understanding of teaching techniques in her classes, seminars, and now in the ongoing education program of intuitive and mediumistic development through the Inner Spiritual Center, which she is co-founder and co-director. Along with her private and sittings, Sharon is an advocate of structure, quality, and integrity in the teaching and learning of mediumship so that each individual can achieve their own potential. Currently working, teaching, and demonstrating in New Jersey, as well as in different areas of the United States and Switzerland. Sharon is also on the teaching facility of Fellowships of the Spirit in Casadega, New York. So now we have Sharon on the line. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Karen. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And some people may not know you out there. I've known you for many years, but we would like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, when you said uh, since 1998, it kind of said, oh, my gosh, how did this go so quickly and so fast? But you, you, we have known each other quite uh, quite a long time, and it has been a pleasure. And um, have been out to your church in Pennsylvania a couple of times, and, um, you know, we'll need to talk about you a little bit also, Karen, with that. Um, in terms of, of myself, I mean, I I look at my journey with this you know, mediumship with this development, with this um, wonderful opportunity that we all have with looking at and working with the continuity of life. And that's really what mental mediumship is about. It's about talking, giving information with the connection in the sense that when we're done with this physical body, that who we truly are which are 
um, all of those things that make us us, our memories, our thoughts, you know, the, the good and the bad of us, um, all of that combined continues on. And in mediumship, that connection and the evidence of that connection is what to me becomes the important key to allowing people in that experience to understand that their loved ones are still around, that they're still viable, that they're still alive in the sense of not the physical body, but of who they are. So, you know, this path or journey you have taken, it's it's a quite an incredible thing that you have taken on. But what brought you to actually saying, I'm going to become a medium? Yeah, you know, it's a it's kind of when you look back at these things, Karen, I think we all have those those thoughts or, or we go back and we look at certain things that have happened in our life process and maybe we didn't understand them quite at the time uh, as they were, we were going through them and we may have thought of it as, as one thing or the other. But when we look back and put all of these little pieces of the puzzle together um, and I'll explain a little bit about my story, but when we put all of these pieces of the puzzle together, you know, it's kind of like, um, we we come to realize that there's nobody special in this. You know, you don't have to have a certain degree in, you know, angels or a certain degree in mediumship to, to be in communication with the spirit world. You know, I feel that we've all had certain experiences for ourselves that when we say, mm, that, you know, that kind of makes sense in this progression of our own path. Now, for me, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have any great visions. I didn't see people standing in front of me, you know, from the spirit world. But I had very early on, and I was probably five or six because it's some of my younger memories, I always felt that who I was was not just this body. Like, I always felt that there was somebody else kind of within. And I'm sure if I had said that when I was younger, they would have put me away somewhere. But it's that kind of innate understanding that we are more than just the outside of the way that we look. And I, I remember a couple of major kind of turning points for me or understandings throughout that time. You know, I remember one time driving with my, my with my mom, and I was, you know, again on the younger side. And we passed uh, a cemetery. We passed a funeral that was happening at that cemetery. And understanding that there's grief going on, but I didn't understand that at the time. I just saw everybody crying and kind of holding each other and obviously upset. And yeah, I said to my mom, I said, I don't understand why they're crying because they're right there. And in my youth and in my innocence of, of thought, it was another kind of example for me looking back at it that we all have this kind of innate understanding that there's more to life than what we technically see with our eyes. And the big turning point in terms of getting me really interested in searching out some of this happened when I was in um, a senior in college 
and I had, I was in my apartment and got a phone call from my mom. And as I went, well, I didn't know it was from my mom at the time, but I, I had a phone call as I picked it up. As I went to pick the phone up. I heard my maternal grandmother who was not in the room say to me, I'm okay. And as I'm picking up the phone, I'm, I'm like kind of thinking like, why am I hearing my grandmother? I just saw her a couple of days ago. I don't understand. And it's my mom on the phone saying my grandmother had suddenly passed to the spirit side that afternoon. So I didn't have a knowledge that she had passed. And I heard her like we're speaking and it started me to think about what happens when we quote die, what is that process like and what allows people to communicate like my grandmother did to tell me that she was okay. And that was in my twenties. And, you know, I got interested in readings and going to see people and, you know, then I got married and had family and that kind of got put on the back burner for a little while. And then um, later on early in my early forties, um, I was lucky enough to meet, um, your teacher and mine, Reverend Leonard Young, who is now retired from this. And he became my inspiration and my teacher for learning uh, about mediumship, learning about the communication process and working with it that way. And um, now almost 20 years later, um, I'm working it with it in a little bit of a different way, but it's still a passion for me in terms of how this process works and the good that it can bring to people, the healing it can bring to people. Um, so it's still exciting for me and talking about it with you tonight. And thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for people to look at their own abilities and allow themselves to explore what their own potential and their own abilities are within the structure of mediumship. Interesting. Um, and I I do want to interject something we were talking about, about when you talked about your grandmother with the phone call. Yeah. Um, on my last show, I had uh, Dr. Uh, Jan Holden, and there's a book that she recommends. It's called Telephone Calls from the Dead by uh, Colm okay. Cooper. And uh-huh. it's right in front of me. I, cause, um, but it's funny how you, you talked about with your grandmother, but um, it's, I haven't really read the whole book yet, but that's what it's called, Telephone Calls from the Dead. But it's, so, it's kind of like that in mediumship. You know, it's not, yes, it's it not is. always, yeah, it's not always the way like you and I are communicating now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always the way that my grandmother was able to communicate with me on that particular day. Um, many times the communication process comes in the sensory aspect, you know, the feelings, the, uh, the pictures. And, you know, we as mediums kind of put all of those things together to tell the story about that person in the spirit world. But that's interesting, that book. I, I'd, I'd like to probably take a – well, afterwards you can give the information again maybe to everybody. And, and I think it's a good thing to look at, Absolutely. I do. I think it is. Um, and so, you're correct. We had the same teacher. So, how did you feel when you did one of your first messages and you got this <laughs> wow factor? Wow. It's kind of like that because, you know, my my be- 
my beginnings of this, like many people, um, they're bits and pieces of things. Um, you know, I remember my, my first contact in a spiritual church setting and, and I've got like two or three things about this person. That's all I, that's all I understood to be, you know, and I sat down because I wasn't place yet where I could put all of these things together because it takes practice you know it takes discipline it takes structure and I was Mm -hmm. at the beginning of this process for myself but some of the times that we spent in classes and we had these practice sessions Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. we worked with other students and you get information and most of the time I felt now this is maybe different than you or other people I felt like I was making it up You know, I felt like, well, this can't be, I can't be communicating with people who are not here in the physical form. But then when that person that you're working with says, yes, they understand that you're like, really, (laughs) you know, can this really be? And one piece of evidence does not make um, an entire communication process. But as you build on that evidence and people keep saying yes to you and they understand and, you know, you build the story. And by the end of the story and the communication, you've got, you know, 80 or 90% yeses from who you're working with. It's like, holy crow. What is, what is the percentage? What is the chance? You know, what is the probability that you could guess all of that information? Yeah, maybe you can guess or get the sense of one piece from, you know, picking up from somebody's auric field. But to get all of that information and get get it validated, you, you've got to process that and you've got to look at it and you've got to say, well, I couldn't have got it from anywhere else other than this reactiveness and this this intelligence from the spirit world and the spirit communicators. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I feel, and most students that we've had um, will come in and say, well, I can't do this, you know, or they'll say, well, you know, I'm making this up. The same sort of thing, because it takes a while to really understand the validation you're getting and build the foundation that makes you as the medium also feel that, yes, you know, you are in the process of this, that you are doing something that is proactive with the spirit world. You're not just sitting there waiting to be enlightened and that you, you have something that you can develop in a way that you can move it forward and get better and get more accurate and get more consistent. And that's through the structure of learning and the structure of the uh, communication process. Um, That's right. I think one thing that was always important to me, and I teach it as well, you do, I tell my students that they have to build up their own rapport with the spirit world. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe... I work uh, differently than somebody else, but you have to build up your own rapport with the spirit people. And, and you have to also start to trust in right. the process. And I feel that that trust comes with the hard work in it, you know, the doing of it. When, you know, sometimes you get no's or sometimes, you know, it's just not working right. And you have the guts to continue moving forward because the spirit world 
also needs us still to communicate. You know, if they didn't, if they could do it all on their own all the time, they would. But it doesn't seem to quite work that way, that they do need somewhere an intermediary person or communicating with 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 their own people but that's hard sometimes to trust because if we have somebody that we love in the spirit world and then we get a sense that they're around a lot of times we don't trust ourselves because they're our loved one or they're our friend and so because we want them so badly still here we tend not to trust that sensory feeling of them being around so it's hard sometimes for people to work with their own people in the spirit world versus somebody else's people in the spirit world, because you're a little bit more emotionally removed from the situation. But I've always said, and I will stick to this to my, to my dying breath is that I hope that in my life, I can put myself out of business because I feel that we all have this ability in order for the conversation, the connection, the understanding that, we continue or we have continuity of life and that we can communicate. So I really hope someday I do put myself out of business and people can talk to their own people in the spirit world um, and not necessarily need an intermediary. I was just thinking about that. That's right. Um, And I noticed on your, your um, bio that you talked about integrity. Would you like to talk a little bit about the integrity of being a medium? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that is kind of a big word, you know, and it it may for some people mean different things. I find with mediumship and the integrity within mediumship, it means that us as mediums, if we don't have something or we don't have a connection to the spirit world, or we have a connection and we're, we're getting things not quite right. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's not a, it's not, we're not doing as, as easy a job as maybe the, the previous communicator. It sometimes it just doesn't function um, quite the same that we have the way to say, you know what, this just isn't working rather than, moving into a psychic mode and mm-hmm. picking things up randomly or yes. picking up things on the psychic level um, and just say, you know, I can't, it's just not clear for me or I'm just not the right medium for you or for this communicator right now. Um, I feel there's integrity in that. I also feel that there's integrity in learning that there are certain I would call them rules in mediumship in the sense that you don't go up to somebody and randomly start to talk to them about their parent in the spirit world or their brother or their sister. Um, We never know what grief somebody is in and where that process is for them. And we don't also know if somebody had a difficult relationship with somebody in the spirit world that's still raw, still left um, with unfinished business. And as mediums, we can really do some damage to people um, if they are not 
or if we approach them rather than they approaching us and saying, look, I'm ready for this contact. I'm ready for this communication. Um, and, I, and I see it a lot where, uh, you know, we see it on TV. We see it in certain areas where people just randomly go up to people. And I don't feel that's appropriate. I know it's my personal opinion. I don't mm-hmm. feel it's appropriate. I feel it's dangerous. And I don't feel, I feel it, we are imposing on somebody something they may not be ready for. So in our teaching, in our, in our um, training programs and in our classes, we stress a lot of these uh, rules. And, you know, if we're wrong, we're wrong. And we have to be okay with somebody saying no to us. And we have to be able then in our ability as a medium to try to go back and get more information for that no, rather than just skipping it. And in terms of dealing with people, we have a large responsibility on our shoulders uh, because grief is grief. And there are things that sometimes as mediums, we are aware of from the spirit world that we have to make a decision of do we give that or do we not? Is it harmful for the person or is it not? And I do know many mediums who are of the mindset that they give whatever is given to them from the spirit world regardless. And that is their, their process and their right. But personally for me, I look at what's being given and I also ask the spirit world, is it harmful? Is it, is it positive? Is it something that they need or is it not? And just because somebody's saying it from the spirit world to me doesn't mean we always relate it in that way. Does that make sense the way I said it? Yeah, it does. And and sometimes if the spirit world will come out and tell me something, like I was up to, at Lilydale and I, I uh, was demonstrating at the stump, and the spirit person came and said, um, it's clear as a bell, um, you know, I was, uh, I had, I, I had some bipolar issues, but, you know, you can't come out. You're at the stump, and it's a public demonstration. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to turn it around and say to them, I, and this is how I turned it around. I said, well, you know, your mother's here, and, and she had a lot of highs and lows in her life. <laughs> would, mm-hmm. would you understand that? And the daughter, knew, and I knew, but then the rest are, you know, and so I kind of turned it around that way. I, you know, I said what the spirit told me, but I did it in a different way. And I think that's really important, Karen, and that's a really good example of this because, you know, once we say something, okay, we can't take it back. You know, it's out there. And the other thing that you you brought up is a good point is what's appropriate and what have integrity between something like a public demonstration, meaning that there's more than one person there versus a private one-on-one reading or session because when you're in a private session with the person it doesn't mean necessarily that everything is appropriate to be said however you have a lot you have more privacy you have in uh, an intimacy in that in that exchange where um if the if the client um the sitter uh, can trust the medium that you can get into these deeper levels of personality of mm-hmm. issues of of things when you're in a public demonstration meaning that everybody is listening to pro- in some ways private information you have to be very cautious about what's said 
because we're not there to embarrass people in a public demonstration. You know, we're there to give the evidence of continuity of life as you are with a private session, but it does have to be handled in a different way. You know, and uh, you've been around this a long time also. You know, we've all seen good and bad demonstrations. We've all done good Mm -hmm. and bad demonstrations. But the one thing is, if you can keep to some of these rules of not prying or not trying as a medium to to make such a big splash, you know, as an ego thing that you end up hurting somebody or publicly humiliating them. That's not what mediumship is about. So that was a really good point you brought up because there is a difference and we can word things in a way that are helpful that, but are more kind of, um, general rather than specific in public demonstrations. Yeah, the way I worded it, I knew the daughter would know what I meant, what she did, yes. and that's good. But it, just, yeah, it was really between her and her mother, who was in the spirit world, and that's all that needed to be accomplished, mm-hmm. the way that happened. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, yeah. uh, but it is something that when people – go um, to to watch a demonstration, you know, if they go to a private reading, um, you know, there's some things that we need to be aware of, you know, um, many times I've heard people in a public demonstration ask more questions than actually give information. And Mm -hmm. we have to be smart as clients, as sitters. We have to, Um, hold the mediums to a higher level because Mm -hmm. if we hold them to a higher level then we we have the opportunity um, as mediums to work harder you know and to get more information to be more specific to be more consistent but if we as sitters as clients allow mediums to get away with certain things Um, you know, not be specific, be very general. Like, for instance, you know, we talked a little bit before about evidence. You know, if somebody says to me, you know, you have a woman standing near you and she sends you a lot of love and she is very proud of you and uh, she really loves you and so on and so forth. Those generalities may be very nice. But I have heard sometimes mediums say, I have a woman next to you. She loves you very much. She's very proud of that. Who would that be to you? And we're asking the client or the sitter to tell the medium who they think it is. And, so, and generally, right. if, if that is not the person that is communicating, but the medium allows the client to drive that or direct that it's and it's not the spirit person that they say is communicating what happens is that spirit communicator the original one steps out of the communication mm-hmm. because the medium and the client is talking about somebody totally different and then in all yeah. honesty the only thing the medium can do is work psychically whether they know yeah. it or not, the only thing they can do is work psych- psychically because there's no communicator there. And so the link's when, been dropped, right? Because the, there's the, no communicator. There's no communicator. So, so you're not communicating with that spirit 
person who stepped forward, you're mm-hmm. communicating with who the client told you you're communicating with, and it may not be accurate. So when we look at evidence of communication and continuity of life, we need to look at things like, okay, we have a woman next to you, but that woman is your maternal grandmother, or that woman is your aunt on your father's side, or that woman mm-hmm. is your sister, or that woman is your biological mom, or your adoptive mom, or whoever it happens to be. So who it is first needs to be recognized because then all of the evidence or all of this information about personality, about um, their, their life here, their memories, mm-hmm. all of that then can be validated or not. But if we don't start with who we have, how can anybody validate the information? So if we just they say, can. okay, you have a woman – you have a woman by you and she's, she's talking about this and that. And she was, you know, she was very stubborn when she was here and she was, you know, she worked in, you know, in a factory and she did this and she did that. If you don't say up front, I have your aunt on your mom's side and she's giving me this information, then no one can that really validate that evidence of the communicator rather than the, the generalities of the, the communicator. Right. That's exactly right. So that made a so good point. E- so evidence to me is important. Uh, message from the communicator is also important, but only after you validate who you have. Because mm-hmm. if if somebody from the spirit world is giving me advice about something or giving me guidance on something, I certainly want to know who that person is before I'm going to accept the, that advice. You know, that's like saying, okay, the, you know, the person at the bus stop down the road is talking to you about your finances. Right. Well, that may well be well and good, but if I don't know that person, how can I really trust what the information is that they're giving me? So who we have is important evidence. The information about that communicator, about things like personality, shared memories, things about their life when they were here, and things then about how they see things from the spirit world, we, we can go into those stories once we validate who we're talking about. And we are comfortable with the evidence about that person um, to make them that person. And... I also run into sometimes a spirit will tell me something and then the recipient says, well, that's not really true. He didn't have to apologize or he didn't have to do this. But I said, well, I'm just telling you what they're telling me to tell you. And that's how they see it. Something Mm -hmm. they need to get across to you the way the spirit sees it. Absolutely. And, you know, if we can, bring it through in that way. Um, Cause I, I, I've had a lot of those incidents myself where people have forgiven in some cases, the, that communicator, um, or they feel that peace with that communicator, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't express the spirit world's feelings also on these because they have also something to say. So if we only focus on client rather than focusing on and bringing the kind of the combined story between the client and the communicator or communicators, we're leaving part of the story off. You know, we're, we're kind of 
skipping around certain things because, you know, the spirit world does have things that are on their thought process, their mind that they want to communicate to that client or that sitter. And it may be different. You're absolutely correct. It is their opinion. It may not be the opinion of the, of the, of the client. Right. And so we're working for them. So I always tell them at church, it, it's my time to work for the spirit world when, when it's, it's message time at the church. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, express what the spirit people want me to tell their loved ones sitting in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, a, in a public demonstration like that, you know, yes, we, we, because we only have maybe, what, 10 minutes a person or five minutes a person in that kind of setting, you know, in a private session, you know, you can get into some of this a little bit more, a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. and you can look at both sides of the, of the coin. And we do need to be responsive also and responsible for the client also because they have needs that need to be met um, in terms of that. But the spirit world also has needs that need to be met. So we have to, uh, well, I guess we don't have to. I look at it that we, we need to sometimes, you know, blend and be working for both the spirit world and the client to hopefully find a balance that allows the client to understand that this is their loved one or friend, whoever it is, and the spirit world to be able to express what's needed to be expressed from, from their perspective. So it's kind of a blending of, of both of those to me, especially yes. in a private session. Oh, yeah, in a private session, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's right. Now, we talked a little bit before. Can you give a viewpoint of normal and paranormal? Remember, we talked a little bit about that. We we did. You know, and I know these words have, if you go to, you know, Google them, they have a specific meanings. I, I look at it a little different. And, um, again, it's only my perspective of this. It's my opinion. A lot of times people at what we do as far as being mediums, as far as communicating with the energy of the person that no longer has a physical body, and they call it paranormal. They, it's something beyond the norm, beyond what is we, our day-to-day existences, okay? And I can, I can understand it in that way to a point, but when you do this work, when you um, hopefully have had a good reading or sitting from somebody and you, you have enough evidence that you can, not the medium tells you, but you can say, you know, yeah, that was my mom. Then the paranormal and the normal kind of come more into sync because I feel that what the communicators, what the spirit world has to offer, all right, actually kind of parallels our life. They, they are around for support. They are around for guidance where it's, it's appropriate. You know, they are available for us to communicate with, although they have other things in the spirit world that they do and are, are active with. However, the paranormal, to me, makes it something that only certain people can 
obtain or reach. And I feel we're all available to the spirit world. Always somebody, well, each one of us, if we choose to, can blend with the energy of the spirit world and get some information. And that to me is more normal. You know, it doesn't have to be something, again, that only a few people or a handful of of special people can do. It's not. You know, you come from a background where you came from, you know, a near-death experience. You have that, you know, that understanding. I didn't. I came from more of an understanding through other ways. Everybody out there has their own story of how they can um, or what they understand in that relationship with the spirit world. So I'd like to look at communication with the spirit world more as normal than paranormal. It's not that we live in the spirit world 24-7. It's not that we're connected to the spirit world all the time because we do have a life that we have to live here. But for us to always consider it paranormal rather than a normal progression of life, um, I just look at it a little differently. And I do look at it as a normal progression of life, of who we are and what our potential is uh, beyond this physical body. Okay. Um, I was just sitting here thinking, and I want to bring this up. Uh, some people want to do a reading and go to a medium, but they're kind of uh, leery about it. So are there any points you can give them in picking a certain medium to go to? Yeah, it's that's. I think that's kind of hard in the sense that because um, unless somebody knows somebody who's gone to somebody, you know, word of mouth is good. Yes. However, okay. each experience um, is different because, you know, I – there's been times I've had people come in and said, Oh, you know, my friend had a, a session with you and it was, you know, she loved it. She was great, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, not every session for every person is going to be exactly the same experience because the communicators change. So, you know, you may have somebody that's sitting with you and their people in the spirit world are really good communicators. They just sync up with the medium really well. Mm-hmm. Other communicators don't. So not every medium is a perfect match for either the spirit world or for that particular client. But it doesn't mean we don't work hard at at doing that. But from the perspective of the client, you know, I would say look at word of mouth. You know, look at at people that you know who have gone to people who, who have had a good experience. You know, and the other thing I feel... And you tell me, Karen, too, if, if, you know, you look at it this way, but I feel people when they come to a medium, just like if they go to anybody else in a profession, whether they, they go to a car mechanic or they're calling somebody to do their taxes, they have a right to ask that medium how they work. Uh, they have mm-hmm. a right to, to send, you know, give some questions about what, what should they expect you know, what is good um, in terms of, uh, well, I shouldn't say good. That's really not quite the right word I wanted. It's more like what can, um, what can they expect from the medium? Not what the medium can expect from the client. Because it's our job to work with, the, with anybody the best that we can. 
we, and this goes back to the integrity, we have a right as a medium if the connections just aren't right, if we're just not syncing up well with the energy of the communicators or with the client. You know, we have the right, as the client does, to terminate a reading at some point, not far into it, but 10 minutes into to a, a reading and say, look, this just isn't working. Let's be honest about it. Let's be fair. You know, money gets returned and people go on their, on their merry way. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a failure. It's just part of the way the, the, the experiment of the spirit world and communication go. Can't guarantee anybody a same experience. Um, but I do feel that if people know of somebody, have had a good experience for themselves, uh, I think word of mouth is, is a good way to find somebody. Um, sometimes people go by uh, how famous somebody is. And that works for some people. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. So, again, to me, word of mouth is the best way. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that because some people would you, they would you know. agree with that i do yeah yes. okay and 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 i do and if so and sometimes people come for a reading i mean i think you should set the ground rules and then you should i i myself ask them exactly why they're here to see me because there's a reason why people come to see us mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you know and i'm up front you know because i don't it's hard to bring in who they want sometimes. The spirit world has it all worked out. Who's going to come? They do. They have it all worked out. Mm-hmm. Who's going to come into that session? Well, I always so. say to people who come to see me, I will say, you know, I, I cannot guarantee who will step forward, who I will be aware of. But right. I've asked the spirit world to bring the first two people, you know, uh, for me to be aware of, say, the first two people that need to be heard, you know, that need Mm -hmm. for the client also to hear from. Now, you know, more often than not, it it follows that procedure, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the spirit world has a little bit of a different plan. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes they have their own agenda. Yeah, and so I will say to people, I cannot guarantee who will step forward. I never ask anybody who they want. I, I do not do that. Um, but we go with, with the, the information and the energy of, um, of who I'm aware of. Um, we also tend to, uh, you know, there may be people going for readings who if they're not so interested or they may have a little interest, but they're not so interested in, in speaking or having the opinions of, their particular people on the spirit side, you know, but we can, we can also ask the spirit world to step forward with some information about areas of life uh, right. that that particular person may need uh, to talk about that may need some um, help in, in looking at. Now I always say to people too, you know, the spirit world, just like us as mediums, nobody can predict the future in the sense Mm -hmm. of something happening exact. We may Mm -hmm. get a sense of potential of something. You know, we may get a sense of the energy of something going on. But if we say to somebody, this will happen, then we take away their opportunity to make their own decisions in life. 
And then we get back to the integrity of things and everybody should be made able to, to make their own decisions in life because we could be wrong. We could be wrong. And if we tell somebody this will happen or you must do this and they do it and things fall apart, who are they going to come back to? And who should they come back to? um, Yeah, I say, look, you steered me in this direction and now, you know, my life is a mess. Um, People need to be responsible for their own choices and their own decisions. And the spirit world can guide or give opinion, give choices, but they cannot tell somebody what to do, nor should we as, as people, as mediums, as psychics, you know, whatever the title is. Um, We just, you know, there's a a story I tell to our students and, you know, it's somebody, when I was in my, uh, you know, twenties or early thirties, I had gone to somebody for reading. And, you know, at the time my marriage was a little um, difficult uh, but it was, you know, we were kind of handling it. But this particular person, and, you know, funny to this day, I really don't know if she was a medium or a psychic because I didn't know the difference at that time. Um, but she told me, she, oh, she goes, you know, don't worry about relationships. So they're all fine. They'll work out, blah, 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 blah. So in my mind, being naive about this sort of thing at the time, my mind was like, oh, great. I don't have to do anything, you know. We'll just let this kind of like go with the flow and, you know, Mm -hmm. not put any extra work into this relationship or try anything different. And, you know, part of um, as I look back on that part of my the end of my marriage was my fault because of that, Um, because I kind of just heard what I wanted to hear, what I was told. It took all my responsibility away, which it shouldn't have. And I'm like, okay, well, she told me it was all going to be good, so it has to be good. And, you know, I I use that as an example because it's important for people to understand when they go to a medium or they go to a psychic um, that they are still responsible for their choices in their life. Some people want to use mediums or psychics to live their life for them. You know, tell them every step of the way. And I don't feel that's healthy. You know, I don't feel that's what we're supposed to be doing in this life, that we are supposed to be making choices, sometimes failing and learning from those failures and sometimes, you know, marching forward in in that strength. But we need to do that, not somebody else for us. That's a good point. I agree. And you, so you talked about, uh, mediums and psychics. Can you tell tell our audience out there what the difference is between a psychic and a medium? Mm-hmm. Psychic psychics work with their own energy field and the client's energy field, and and in our you know everybody has intuition. You know everybody has these gut feelings about things, whether we believe them or trust them. That's a different story, but we all have those intuitive moments psychics use the energy of of themselves to pick up and sense and feel and quote read the energy or what's in the auric field of the client the thing with psychics and there's terrific psychics out there very spot on very pinpoint 
But if all, all they can use is their own energy, there's no intelligent source. And I'm not saying their own, somebody's not intelligent, but in the spirit world, a medium works with the energy of the spirit world and dialogue with the spirit world and can go back to the spirit world and interact and question if somebody says no to you, why that no is or how it can be expressed in another way. Psychics cannot because all they have to work with is their own understanding of that. The medium works with a intelligent, dynamic, give and take communication with the spirit world and can get additional opinion, can get additional way of wording things, can get additional evidence in terms of what's needed for the client. So all mediums, and I know most people have heard this phrase, all mediums are psychic because you need that intuitive sensing to work with the spirit world, but not all psychics work as mediums, meaning communication, dialogue, proactive, reactive work with a communicator. Thank you. Um, now I want you to talk a little bit about your center. Oh, well, thank you. Always, always love to do that. Um, yes. And as, as you know, you know, starting your church and, and uh, working with that, we started uh, our center, Inner Spiritual Center. We just had our five-year anniversary this past fall. Um, I've been, um, it's something that kind of got created out of a change in my life from the place that I, for 15 years, I had been a part of. Um, and because that changed, difficult as that was, it gave me the opportunity to um, start something that um, I was more in control of, uh, but also start something that could be a learning center for people, can also be a community center for people because we have both a Sunday service as a spiritualist service, and then we have our classes and our training programs, our mediumship development, which is a year-long program, and then second year advanced, which is another year program, our ministry program that just is starting this year. Um, so we have a, a lot of things that are um, something that are near and dear to my heart. Um, our co-founder, Reverend Bill Collar, who is originally from Scotland, now lives in Switzerland, you know, comes over here just like kind of Leonard used to do, Karen, you know, yes. uh, come over mm-hmm. here you know, five or six times a year and, uh, and works with the We have British mediums coming in uh, for different things. We have uh, an Italian medium who uses her um, voice. The spirit world uses her voice in using healing vibration uh, in, in a very unique way. We have her coming in. We have who, you know, a uh, coral rider, UK spirit yes. portrait artist coming in, in the, in the fall. Um, so we have, and we have our friend Richard Scholler from Long Island, who is a wonderful medium and is starting mm-hmm. to work with um, trance and, and he's coming in to do some trance demonstration and trance class. So we have a lot going on, um, but we are always open to having more people join us and, and coming in because we do, I feel that mediumship training 
you know, should be open to everybody. It should be uh, available at a, um, you know, a reasonable price tag because it does come with a price tag because, you know, we need to pay people and we need to pay for the center. And, you know, that's part of our, of life, you know, Um, but it should be reasonable to me and it should be something that could be, again, um, for people who don't really know what they're capable of to see them bloom, to see them um, work with their mediumship and develop it. You know, we have a couple of people now working as mediums in the center who started this process, you know, four or five years ago saying to me, Oh, I can't do this. You know, I'm not a medium. I can't do this. And, you know, now they're on the platform on Sundays They're they're working um, in, in with, with evidence and they're working with, with really good structure. And as a teacher, I, I just am so proud of these people because mm-hmm. it's not an easy path. You know, people sometimes it's not. it's not. And people, families sometimes don't understand this or there's fear about it. Um, sometimes there's uh, taught belief about this that, you know, you're going to go to hell or you're going to bring in the, you know, the devil or you're going to open, you know, a portal to, you know, whatever. And, and that doesn't happen. Um, but people have to stand strong in what they want to do for themselves. And like I said, our function as a learning center to me is to make the students better than the teachers, because that's the only way that mediumship and good mediumship is going to survive and grow is by students becoming so good at what they do. And then they're, they can teach other people at a higher level. There's some people who teach to a lower level or a lower standard of what they do because they don't want the competition. You know, we say, bring it on, you know, bring on because it makes us as teachers have to work harder. So bring it on. And, you know, we want people to succeed. We want people to be a good standard of mediumship and and learn and teach and go out into their communities, go out into, you know, the, their, their area of the world and, and do this work that can be so great and so healing for people, but do it in a way that is strong and do it in a way that's um, consistent and do it in a way that each year as the medium, you get better and you push yourself um, and don't just sit back on your laurels and, and um, you know, not get any better yourself. So, um, you know, it's, it's for me such a pleasure to see people. And I'm sure you see the same thing in your center and your church as people develop, um, it's just such a pride as a teacher to see these people stand up and do such a good job. Um, you know, I just, uh, it's just to me the best, the absolute best. So, you know, um, it's, it is something that in, in our center um, we push and we, and, and we, and we do. And um, again, seeing these people come through the process and the system. So now they're in a point of, you know, a place of doing some of their own things. Um, it's just, uh, it's just great. I, I can't say any, anything more about it. It's just so great. Um, and I know you do too. You have, you know, you have people coming to your, uh, to church uh, that are teaching and, you know, overseas mediums and, you know, doing things that, that bring what we do to a different level rather than kind of 
keeping it the same or, you know, lowering the level. Um, we've just got to keep pushing this forward. So mediumship in the world gets better. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a good point, but good luck with the center. You've worked hard thank and you. you deserve it. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, we you can, you know, people can go online, just check out what we're doing. We are in New Jersey, um, but we uh, have people that come in from different areas of the country, you know, to take some of these, uh, this, you know, the year, the year course or the second year advanced course. And um, we just try to, uh, you know, h- handle it. So people aren't away from their families or work for too many days at a time, but uh, yeah, check it out. And we'd love to, you know, see some people. We are going to have start to have some online classes uh, oh, in 2018. Great. Yeah. It's just a matter um, you know, of getting it set up, but I'm, my goal is to, you know, within the next few months to start to get some of these things online. So uh, that will be helpful for people who are, you know, a little bit of a distance. They just, they just have to go into the uh, website. You have a website, right? You we have a website, website? www www.innerspiritualcenter.org um, and they can check out some of the, the classes and what's going on and like I said once we get things online that will be on the website also that there's certain classes we won't have our training program online because I feel the community aspect of that is really important um, and the support system to have in place in your development of that is really important. Um, but we will have some of the other classes online that people can attend. So uh, that will be up and running again, hopefully by March. And I see from your bio, you, you also teach in Switzerland. Do you see any difference between the students in Switzerland as opposed to the students in the United States? Absolutely. Not only the students, but the clients who come for readings. Um, the Swiss are very, uh, determined you know they're determined people very kind very loving but very determined so um they do not give you quite as much leeway um in terms of you know your own mediumship as maybe some people here in the states do so i find that um you know with with the students with um with clients they expect a level of mediumship that uh is a little bit in some ways, what's expected is a little higher than sometimes what's expected here in the States. Uh, the students, just based on the Swiss um, type of personality, uh, they don't like to fail. You know, we, we kind of work here as like, you know what, try it. If it doesn't work, we'll retry it. We'll, we'll give you a different tool to use. We'll work it with it in a different way. But they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're very determined and they um, are very hard on themselves. But it produces good mediums also because they are hard on themselves and they, they, they push themselves. Um, and that's, you know, part of this. And you know this, Karen, because you've done the same thing in your training. Um, it's, it's easy to give up on this because sometimes it yeah. is hard. Sometimes we work with people who are in grief and, you know, it's, it's sad. You know, you work with people who have children in the spirit world and those moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas are never going to be the same in, that, in their life. Something is always going to be missing for them. And it's sad. And, you know, it, it, it's emotionally painful sometimes. So, you know, it is 
there is a thing to say to push yourself beyond what you think you can do to keep going in this and to keep learning to understand that sometimes we have to separate our own personal emotion in a situation versus what the client needs. We can't as a medium break down and start to cry. We can be empathetic and we can, if it's appropriate, you know, hug somebody at the end or, you know, give them that, that feeling of, you know, somebody's with them, meaning us as, as a medium, you know, we're still there for them, allow our own emotion to overtake, you know, the, the, the sitting or the reading because it's not helpful for the client in that situation. So I find with the Swiss, um, they tend to do that a little easier than we do, separate out that emotion um, or be able to do that and are very determined. So it's a, it's, it is interesting to see different cultures and how they do things. You know, I always say to people, too, you, you get a country like Switzerland and, you know, in three hours, driving you can be in Italy you can be in Austria you can be in Germany you can be in France you know you've got all these cultures around but when we think about the United States think about how many cultures we have within our country you know um, people in my part of the you know New Jersey you know we have a different culture than by you in Pennsylvania you know there's certain Mm -hmm. things that are different. You know, there's certain ways people work differently in California, you know, than they do in Texas or they do in Mississippi or they do in Oregon. You know, we have a very large country. So we have the opportunity as mediums, even working within different parts of the United States to have those different culture experiences. Um, you know, I've worked in California uh, several times and their culture and the way that they work is very different than the way we work here in New Jersey as mediums. So, you know, it's very different to me and it's very interesting to me. So people traveling internationally to work, it's a great experience. But working within the United States by spreading ourselves out of our comfort zone, we can have just as many experiences in culture and change of uh, from state to state. So, you know, my recommendation to any, any medium, any person that's working is sometimes work outside of what you're comfortable with, you know, push yourself outside of the boundaries of, you know, our own churches, our own centers, our own areas, because it allows our mediumship to grow. You know, it, it allows us to get different, um, ways of of personality of different ways of how people looked at things versus maybe Mm -hmm. how we know it to be so um culture is very different and and by working with the spirit world in different culture ways even it within our own country um it it pushes our mediumship you know it, it pushes the way that we work with the spirit world. And so I encourage people to go outside of their comfort zone. It's not easy. It's not easy. We're very comfortable in our own centers, you know, Um, but it's really to me stretches our mediumship and that's what we tell our students to do. So we have to be available to do it too. That's right. Um, (laughs) We have have to like walk the talk, you know? Yeah, we do. Um, And you're also on, you're also teaching at the fellowships of the, Spirit. You want to talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, it's that's a great program. They're in Casadega. It's right out. It's literally right outside the gates of Lilydale in New York, which is the largest spiritualist community in the country. It's a very interesting place to go to if if people haven't been there or people have gone there. I know you go there quite a bit, Karen. Um, and it is an interesting place to be. Uh, it's very interesting with the history. Um, you know, the energy of the place is very. Uh, it's very nice to experience. Fellowships of the Spirit is right outside the gate of Lilydale. And um, uh, Elaine Thomas um, and Tom Cratsley are the directors. Uh, Tom Cratsley is the co-director. Elaine Thomas founded Fellowships of the Spirit. I, I, I feel like it's more than like 35 years ago. I could be a little off on that, but it, she's been established for a very long time. Um, and they run a lot of different programs, a lot of different training programs. And um, the co-founder of the center, Bill Collar, myself have been lucky enough to have been asked to be, you know, on the teaching faculty there. So we go a couple times a year to work with their training program people, meaning their, their mediumship development, and then usually during the summer for a, a program or a class that's open outside of the school system that they have in there. Um, but they're, they're lovely, and they, they do, you know, when we talk about integrity, um, they certainly come from integrity. You know Tom, and you know Elaine. I do know Tom, yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they have a lot of different programs going on up there also. So uh, from from here, it's about a seven-and-a-half-hour drive. So I, I'm not as lucky as you where you can scoot over there in a couple of hours, But uh, mm-hmm. so we have to kind of plan it a little bit more. But it's a great place to go to, and, and it's a great uh, f- uh, f- uh, facility. And if anybody listening has not been to Lilydale, it is an experience. It is absolutely it is. a great experience to go and do. It is. Yeah. You should, yeah. You should go. Um, well, we yeah. have some callers on the line. Let's see if we can uh, get some in. Sometimes we have some technical difficulty, but I'm going to try my best. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hi. Welcome. Could we have a name, please? Hi. My name is Keisha. Hi, Hi. Keisha. Hey, well, I was calling to get a mediumship reading, but I don't know if you're doing that. So I was just sitting here and listening to your story, which is um, very She's not really going to do it tonight. She's talking well, yeah. about herself. And... Yeah, yeah, that sounds very egotistical. Go <laughs> she's going to talk about no. myself. Keisha, Karen, Karen and I had talked about this earlier, and she she did say, well, do you want to do some on-air um, you know, readings. The reason I chose not to tonight um, is because what I find a lot of times with these call-in kind of things, you only can spend two or three minutes with somebody. And it's, to me, there's an unfoldment with communication with the spirit world. And I, I feel like it's not enough time to really um, – work in a way that's of good for the, for the caller or for the person. Um, so, you know, it's something that I would suggest to you that, you know, you make a private appointment with maybe Reverend Karen, you, you know, you make a private appointment and really get into the depth of what the spirit world can offer. Um, I know in the demonstrations we do, you know, maybe 10 minutes a person and even that's, you know, kind of, you're just skimming the surface on things. So, I just look at it, what's beneficial, not only for the spirit world, but also for the person. And, and sometimes these two or three minute little, little snapshots of something just really aren't enough. And, and we can't get into 
uh, a lot of things that, that is in terms of what I would consider guidance because there's just not enough time. So I'm, I'm sorry yeah. and I apologize, but uh, for oh, tonight, no maybe another time, maybe another time Karen and I will figure out a better way to do that, but for tonight we're not doing that. Okay. okay. Thank so, you, though. Uh, Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Can I stay in the queue, though, and listen to the rest of the podcast? Sure. Okay. You thank you. Talk. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Keisha. Karen, you have anybody else? Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Hi. Welcome. Could we have a name, please? Yes, hi. Thank you. My name is Miranda. I'm really enjoying listening to um, you and Sharon. It's it's really um, interesting, and I, I love this um, subject. So, thank um, you. Really enjoying it. Yes. We do too. Hi, Miranda. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Yeah. So, where in New Jersey are you, Sharon? Um, like my center. Yeah, my center is located in in Fairfield. It's on Route 46. Um, are you familiar yeah. with New Jersey at all? Um, yeah, I'm planning to relocate maybe around that area, so you won't be too far. Yeah. Oh, well, welcome yeah. to the area. Most people want to move <laughs> away from here, so I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled oh. that you want to come to us. It's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's I nice. <laughs> won't be too far. Yeah, so I'm wondering. Um, <clears throat> um, you were you were mentioning that um, when you get some sort of message from the other side uh, about like you let's say you're on a grocery store line waiting to get your you know pay uh, get your food purchased and all at the cashier and you get something but you won't go off to the person you're getting the message for because you don't feel it's it's the right thing to do they may not be prepared but if, we, if but if we take the approach that like um, the universe puts everything together for a reason that there are no coincidences, um, then aren't we sort of encouraged to sort of share that message? I would love to to hear both of you and, you mm-hmm. know, expand upon that. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good question. I'll give, um, I'll give you my thought on it, and then Karen can give her thought on it also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said something important, that the universe – um, there's no coincidences, okay, which yeah. which I, I can understand and I can accept it the way you're mm-hmm. saying it that way. However, mm-hmm. if we look at the universe and we look at the spirit world as intelligent, okay, um, mm-hmm. then that person whose, quote, message is for, the, the universe will find a way for them to get in an appropriate way in an appropriate time to somebody, Okay, um, where it's their choice. Um, I, I, I always look at this and people are going to disagree with me on this and, and I'm okay with that. But it's the way that I work with my mediumship and the way that we teach our students, because right. we don't know what's right for somebody. And because we just may be sensitive to the spirit world and sensitive to somebody being nearby I don't feel it gives us the right to just take on the responsibility to say me as the medium or the psychic or the person picking up this energy knows what's best for you, the person standing at the cashier line. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So it's not where people aren't sensitive. I mean, we walk through the spirit world all the time, you know, so people who are very sensitive can pick up things from the spirit world on and off all day long if they're not 
um, structured in in how they work. So if we say it that way, then we could potentially be going up to people all day long and giving them messages. Um, And and the way that I, I feel on it, Miranda, is just that I feel our job as mediums is not to do any harm to people. Right. And I have seen where people have not been ready for things or communication and kind of been forced into it by either somebody going up to them or somebody saying, you have to go see a medium when they're not really ready for it. And they have to be at the point in their life, in their grief process, in their need for whatever it is to hear certain things and be available for certain things. Uh, let me just give you an example. Um, say for, for example, um, there's a, well, we'll use maybe a dad or a grandfather, a, a male figure in the spirit world who sexually abused somebody in that family. Okay. That person in the spirit world is coming forward to apologize. Okay, but the person Mm -hmm. here in the physical world has not yet understood that whole process, has accepted it, has done therapy on it, whatever the whatever the scenario is. And me as big mouth medium, you know, comes up to this person and say, oh, I have your father here. And she was in fear of her father or grandfather or whoever it happened to be. Absolute terrified fear of when she was going to be abused the next time. What does that do to her? It's traumatic. How as a medium am I helping her when she's not ready for that? So we can't play God. You know, we can't play um, that we know what's best for everybody. So that's my reasoning. And again, people may disagree with it and, and I'm fine, you know, with people working the way they need to work or they feel is right. But that's my reasons. No, so, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So, Karen, what, yeah. Karen, do you have anything to add to that? Yes. Well, when I first started um, <clears throat> studying mediumship, our teacher would say, "I don't, I don't go for this involuntary mediumship," and he mm. explained it in that way because you don't know what might put somebody in a tailspin, and then right. you know they don't have, they might not have anybody to talk this out with. Do you understand what I mean? They and then you've done yeah. something to put them in a mm-hmm. tailspin without even realizing what you've done. Yeah. And it's no, not it's, really the play. No, very good point. Mm-hmm. Because right. yeah. no, I, just, because you know, you see these shows all the time where where you have these mediums, you know, um we know like some very famous mediums out there who they've had television shows and they've actually shown them going up to total strangers mm-hmm. and saying, I have a mm-hmm. message for you and um I don't think it's appropriate. I really don't. I agree with you. The more I think about it. But yeah, yeah. thank you for expanding upon that. Yeah, because yeah. no, again, we, we think about, you know, let, let us do no harm. It's kind of like the, you know, the physician's oath. Let us do no harm to people. And, and right. if, if, we, if we could possibly be doing harm for somebody rather than bringing a healing process, we better take a step back and think about this. And I think that's where the responsibility of mediumship, the integrity of mediumship comes in. No, it's, you, you make you, you both make very good sense. Yeah. And, and there's another so, thing too that I I always I want to address while we're talking about this. Some mediums will say, 
that they have spirits all around them and they can't turn it off. Well, if that happens, you'll be so tired and your body will be so distressed. And it's not true because that's one thing you learn is when you have mm-hmm. a rapport with the spirit world, they know when it's their time to come around and when it's not their time. Well, it's also our responsibility to be available when when we need to be and when we're not. Right. You know, for instance, mm-hmm. Miranda, you know, if if I'm working on a day, you know, with clients and working with classes or mediumship, then I'm working. I'm available to the spirit world. I'm I'm reaching out to the spirit world. Right. I'm ready for communication. Right. But when I'm right. done, I'm done and I need right. to live my life. You know, I mean, I have laundry I have to do. I have food shopping I have to do. I mean, I've got, uh, you know, family <laughs> things I have yeah. to do, yeah. you know, so yeah. I have to be available for my life also. So there is a responsibility in that. And I agree with Karen, I, you know, when people say they can't turn it off, it's either because a, they have not been trained well, right. Or, b, or they don't want to, they don't want or to, they don't want to, or they don't want to. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. Is, is it the jo- job of your your doormaster, the the to, to sort the of gatekeeper, set your boundaries and say, okay, from you know, like don't bug me all the time? No. Well, I, I think it's our responsibility um, yeah, that is. we draw the line and we make the right. rules, and the spirit world responds like, to that. Do we communicate it to our to our our um, spirit guide, the doormaster, the, the the person who's in charge of letting? spirits and I mean I know very little about it I, I've had a couple of mediumship experiences recently so I know I'm, I'm going to be doing this work down the road and I'm um, I'm just somebody said that you know the first thing to do is sort of get um, get a good teacher I think yeah get, get a, a good, good teacher, teacher and then like also and, and like what did they say doorkeeper you know and, um, and well I use uh, it so I was just, uh-huh. go ahead I'm going to finish no, so I was just told that you know, what I was asking is, do I do I sort of tell my doorkeeper this is what I uh, expect from you to like you know mm-hmm. I don't want to be working around the clock. Mm-hmm. We we all have a team in the spirit world that works with us, whether we know them mm-hmm. or not. Some people call mm-hmm. them spirit guides. Some people call them doorkeepers. It's it's really a team that is um, responsible. Um, for getting things in place, but we need to set the rules and the spirit world will respond. So Mm -hmm. if we say to the spirit world, okay, I'm ready to work, you know, uh, fine. But when we're, when we're done working, then again, it's our responsibility to set the rules and expect that the spirit world in its intelligence will follow those rules because they will. And that's why we say, and Karen just said before, if somebody's being bothered by the spirit world at three o'clock in the morning and they're not setting the rules or they're saying they're setting the rules and they're still being bothered, there is a need there for some reason to want to have a communication with the spirit world ongoing. So, yes, you set the rules, you send the thought to the spirit world, to your team that these are the rules and then don't deviate from them. You know, just go on your way. Just just keep living your life, doing what you're doing and let them handle what they need to handle. And you handle what you need to handle here in terms of your responsibility. Yeah. That's true. And they'll figure it out. It'll all be figured out. You won't have to do a thing. They'll figure it all out on the other side. Oh, you know, with, with our, with our rules, you know, and and that's what's important. That's it's important to understand that the spirit world will respond 
to what works best for us. Because remember, they still need us. They want us to be. They, they want us to be in the best working position that we can be, so the communication is not screwed up. You know, so we right. we they want us to succeed as much as we want to succeed, as much as the client wants us to succeed. So it's a exactly. team effort. It's, it's a team, team effort. effort. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. Absolutely. Well, well, thank yeah, you, Marina. I, I, yeah, I had Go called ahead, in Marina, too. I'm wondering sorry. if I could get. A, I said I had called in, wondering if I could get a reading too. But then, you know, I uh, I heard the what you had said that this was not going to be a, a reading show. But this was very insightful, and I really enjoyed listening to you both. And uh, hopefully, well, you'll come back you. and give reading one day. I, <laughs> I hope you listen we'll, we'll again. We'll figure something out. And, and if you come, you know, as you get to uh, closer to New Jersey, look me up and give me a call, and we can, um, you know, talk a little bit Definitely. more. Sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. Thank you okay. both. Thank you. Great. Very good show. You have Bye. a nice evening. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Karen, is there anybody else or are we... There is. Back to ourselves. <laughs> Hello. Can we have a name, please? I'm not coming through, huh? No, we're not coming, so I'm just going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if they're trying to get through and they can't, they can always email you, Karen, or they can, you know, email me through the center if they have a particular question, you know, and either you or I will get back to them. Because I, I know with, with the blog talk, sometimes these uh, the calls just don't connect right. Sometimes they don't. So yeah. now I'm going to I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh, okay. And I ask this of all my guests. And I would like to know, when you think about this for a minute, who would you say inspired you the the most on this journey? You know, I I honestly cannot pick one person. I have to be honest about that because there's, there's like kind of groupings here, and I just have to be respectful of these groupings because my friends like you, like, you know, our, our mutual friend, Reverend Carol Boyce, you know, mm-hmm. our, who's our minister yes. of healing at our center, you know, yes. my friends in this journey and people who've become my friends in this journey and hopefully, you know, me a friend to them also um, has been extremely important because like we spoke before, um, this is, this can be a lonely path sometimes. It can. Um, it can. I, I've lost friends over my choice to do this because they've, thought I was, you know, like the devil incarnate, you know, I had family members think that I was joining a cult, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, you, you have people who don't understand this process or who are afraid of this process and the people that we, we meet in this journey and who are going through some of the same things we, we form a bond with that to me is lifelong. You know, so people like you, people like Carol, people, you know, like my friends um, who are in this line of work. um, It's something that if you're not doing it, you can't always understand the stresses of it. You can't always understand the difficulties in it. You can't always understand um, the ups and the downs of how we get to where we are. Um, so my friend group, my support group, my community within this for me is extremely important. 
um, our teacher, Reverend Leonard Young, I will always be grateful to him for him opening up this, um, you know, this, this journey, you know, and this understanding and for him being tough. And for those that have never met Leonard, you know, he is, um, he's this, this guy that uh, looks like, you know, he couldn't hurt a fly, but he is one tough guy. And he, he, he got so much out of us by sheer terror sometimes. <laughs> but in the, you know, in retrospect of it, it was what needed to be pushed. So, you know, um, for him, you know, I will always be grateful. The co-founder of our center, Bill Collar, you know, he showed mm-hmm. me a different way in mediumship you know, about 10 years ago that, that I looked at and said, boy, that's a little bit better than the way I was doing it. That is better than the way I was doing it. I want to do it that way. So I Mm -hmm. forced my change in my mediumship in the way that I do it now versus the way I did it 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, You know, so these teachers uh, as well, and my friends as teachers, you know, these are people who have helped me to understand what I'm doing better and, you know, have given me the confidence and the courage and the support that we all need to go through this process and work with this process. So I'm sorry, I can't narrow it down to one Karen, but I can kind of narrow it down to, to those groupings and, um, you know, and people, and I have to say this too, to the spirit world, because, um, they are needed in this process and they're available in this process. And hopefully one day when it's my turn to go to the spirit world, you know, I'll get a better understanding of those people, not only in my team, but who have spent some time with me in communication and I'll get a chance to meet them in a different way and have a little bit more um, conversation with them. Um, So, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound sappy about this, but I am so totally grateful to so many people that I have the opportunity in this lifetime to do what I'm doing um, because I never would have thought that when I was younger. I would have never, even in my 20s and my 30s, I would have never thought here I am at 62 years old doing what I'm doing and still excited about it and still looking to say, you know, I could do this until I'm 80 or until, you know, I can no longer, you know, function, um, you know, well, well in my mental Mm -hmm. capacity, Mm -hmm. because to me, each day brings a new opportunity to bring the spirit world and people who are here to have those moments together, you know, to have those reflections together, to have those memories shared and for people to understand that that loved one that that friend whoever it is is not gone they're not gone they're just in a different form and that form still is that person they're still mom they're still dad they're still grandmother grandfather brother sister friend they're still them and we can still have relationships with them and talk to them and feel them and ask their opinion. And that to me is exciting. It's exciting. And boy, do we get tired sometimes? Absolutely. But then there's a new day and there's a new experience and there's a new communicator and there's a new reason that I'm doing what I'm doing, just like you're doing what you're doing. And that excites me. 
and that keeps me going. And, and for that, I am forever grateful, uh, not just to the spirit world, but to everybody around me and who, who supports this and does there. And for every medium out there that pushes the envelope and brings forward information and pushes themselves to get better. You know, what a great thing. And what, what a great thing that we're a part of it. We are. I'm fortunate and I was fortunate to meet you, Leonard, Carol. I'm just fortunate. And now we have another caller, so I'm going to see what I can do with this. Okay. Hi. Could we have a Hello? name, please? Hi. Could we have a name? Uh, Joyce. It's Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Hi. Hey, um, what I was wondering to get um, Sharon's uh, feedback on, and we've actually talked about this a little bit. At some point. Oh, this is get, Joyce from the ch- – I'm sorry. This is Joyce from your church, Karen? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, hi, and, Joyce. Um, and I just wanted your take on this, what we talk about – at some point, people start asking me, can you do a reading for me? Can you come to my store? Can you do this? And I'll pay you kind of thing. And um, I just wondered, is there a big change in energy when you start taking money for something? Is there a, a guide to go by that? It's kind of, it's almost scary. I feel like the stuff that's been given to me has been given to me, like, open and free of charge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, although I, I understand the need to have, some currency change hands if you're going to do this for a living. And I just uh, wanted your thought about that transition, Mm -hmm. you know. It's something that everybody who does this goes through in some ways, you know, Um, it's, 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 it is a difficult thing when you put yourself out there and say, okay, I'm giving a service and there's payment for it. All right. I think there'd be a higher expectation too, you know, of the service. As well, you know, well, that's kind of yeah, scary. That's, you know, yeah, it is scary to people. But, you know, until you kind of jump in the pool, you really don't know. You're just assuming, you know, and you're just, you, uh-huh. you put the pressure on yourself, Joyce, of like, oh, my gosh, I'm charging now, you know, so you put the pressure on yourself. But let me explain to you, my, you know, my colleague explained to me one time, because we've had this conversation with students and ongoing. Um, we as mediums, go through, or most of us go through training. We've put money and time and energy and effort into what we're doing, just like anybody else in any other job does. All right. And we cannot be paid for the value of what we do. All right. Because how do you put a value on, um, and I'm sorry from the spirit world to somebody, you know, it's, it, 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 there's mm-hmm. really not. Okay. So if you get a nice, uh, I'm sorry, that's $5. You know, if you get a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a grandmother, that's $10. If you get a mom, that's $25. There, you can't do that. It's not like a menu at a restaurant. All right. Mm-hmm. But we are putting our time into play here. And by mm-hmm. being paid for time, just again, like any other job, if a plumber comes to your house, he doesn't come and say, okay, I'm fixing your, you know, your sink and there's no charge. He's saying, I was here for an hour and a half and my hourly rate is. So I understand that the difficulty as we move from what we consider students into working in this professionally um, I also know that many years ago, 
uh, it was very frowned on for mediums or healers to take money. It was, it was supposed to be a spiritual thing, and we're not supposed to be paid for spiritual things. And sometimes we can do that. You know, there's, there's often times, you know, I may have a client who is in a difficult financial way, and I may not charge them, um, but that's my prerogative. There may be students who need some help in classes, and we may work out a different um, payment schedule. And that's my prerogative to do that. But I also have come to the understanding and the realization that there is the time and the energy and the effort that we've put in and continue to put in to keep our what we do at, at a certain level. Um, and I am not one to... Um, you know, and I know there are a lot of mediums out there. You know, you can spend $500 for a half an hour or $1,000. Yeah. I, I have a difficulty with that because it puts it out of reach for the majority of people. And I feel mediumship should be available for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. But there is right. also, and what I found, and, and again, you know, feel free to disagree with me. But I found that if something's given free, people don't value it as much. So, you know, if there is a cost to something, and I've heard people say, oh, well, that medium charges $300. They must be really good. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's not that. It's not that, you know, the money equals the, the, um, the value of the medium, but it may equal the value of the time spent. So uh-huh. I think by putting a reasonable amount for your area, whatever that is. And I know New Jersey is different than New York. You know, people in New York charge more than New Jersey. New Jersey is different than, you know, California, maybe different than Pennsylvania. We need to put a value on it that's, that's correct for the area. But if you are giving a service, I don't see, for me personally, where there should be an issue in charging something. If you, if you decide personally as a medium not to charge people, that's fine. That's your, that's your business, you know, and that's your, what you choose to do. Um, right. but I don't feel there's something wrong in charging. I, I honestly don't. If you find somebody who can't afford it and you want to offer that, good. You know, that's fine. I think we all need to help each other from time to time. Um, but well, you are giving a service. Does that make sense, Joyce? Does it change anything like how you feel, like a person when you switched over to charging? Did you, um, did you feel any change in the energy at all, or no, not in the energy, like, no, it- not not in the energy of the spirit world? I didn't feel a change. I put more pressure on myself, so my energy yeah. changed because I'm now thinking uh-huh. the same thing you're saying. I'm like, oh my god, people are giving me money for this. You know, I better be better than I am. But you know, you come to a you come to a level of that, of understanding. And once we take the pressure off of ourselves on that, then our own energy flows better, you know, because we're our own worst enemies sometimes in this, you right. know, and we'll make ourselves so crazy over something or thinking about something or all of this that we end up blocking ourselves. You know, we end up blocking the communication because it's not the spirit world that's changing. It's us that's changing. Mhm. So does that make right. sense to your question? Yes. Okay. Yes, Anything does. else? No, I just, just uh, thank you. 
it's hard. And, and everybody goes through this, Joyce. Everybody who switches into that that mode has these questions and goes through this process of, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, um, but but you need to come to a point where you're you feel, and even if you start at a, a lower rate and just you know increase it as you go, you know if that makes you feel better, then do it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It was All nice right. talking to you. Right. I haven't seen you in a while. I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Right. Yes. Take care, okay. Joyce. Thank you. Uh, yep. Bye-bye. Okay, Karen, we're back. Okay, that was, yeah, we're back. And that one caller keeps coming in and out, so. Um, well, if they're listening so, and you can't get them, then maybe um, do you want to give them your email well, and they can email wait, they you? Wait, come back on. Hold on one sec, please. Okay. Hi, can you give us a name, please? Yeah, it's not connecting in. No, so yeah. anyway. Um, so do you want to give them your email so they, they can email you if they have a question? And, you know, if sure. it's for you, then or you can get yeah. it over to me. And I can get it for you, too. Um, and I'll say the email. It's spiritualpath the number one, at yahoo.com. I'll say that again, spiritualpath, number one, at yahoo.com. Good. And I I just want to touch on one other thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, I do blogs every week, and I try to go into the history of uh, the old spiritualist, um, Mm -hmm. because Leonard really turned me on to that. So, um, and I think it's important that people really understand how this movement actually came about and how hard the mediums of the past really worked. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about that, and you do a great job on these blogs because it is a lot of, you know, history and a lot of research that you do that people don't know or don't, you know, recognize, you know, and I think the thing that, and, and, you know, I'll say this to students and I remind myself about it sometimes because like today, like you had a, a Sunday spiritualist service. We had one also here and you're, you're in a room, you're in, a, in an environment where, you know, 50 years ago, somebody could have come in and arrested us for doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we have, because of the mediums who've come before us and because of their strength and because of their not capitulating to um, people's fears and, and kept moving forward. We, you and I, and everybody else in, in the country and the world have this very fortunate um, opportunity to do what we do without that fear of being arrested, uh, you know, without this fear of somebody coming in and shutting down what we do. Um, you know, I talked about uh, Bill before, but his grandmother in Scotland was a was a medium um, for like 60 years. And in her time, she was arrested several times for doing public mediumship at her local spiritualist church. And um, her husband would have to come down and bail her out from from um, from the local jail. Because at that time, mediums were not um, safeguarded. Uh, and it was not until 
you know, later on that um, there was an actual law put into place in, in the UK where uh, mediumship was allowed. Um, and we've got that same history here, even though it's a little bit more freedom. But, you know, in the early days, mediums did take a risk at being out in the public. Um, so we owe what we do today to all of those people who have come before us and paved the way. Um, so we take it for granted sometimes, and I try very hard to not take it for granted, um, even though there's times I do. And to think about, you know, these things that you're blogging about, these people, these histories, um, that, that we do have to remember where our roots are from and where we've come from, and that has allowed us to have this show tonight, to be talking about this on air freely and not worried about who's going to shut us down, you know, mm-hmm. and who's going to, um, you know, edit the wording because there's no editing here. So, you know, it's really one of those things that um, we do have to pay attention to, remember, think about, and then also for us have the courage to move our mediumship forward, to make it better, um, to force mediumship in general to be more specific, um, you know, more consistent. And that comes from our, you know, our background, our, our, our mediumship background and those mediums that, that were strong enough and brave enough to, to stand up uh, when people were saying sit down. So, um, yeah, I think the history of this is really interesting for some people. And I think uh, for all mediums, we should remember this. I think so. So that's why I try to enlighten people a little bit. Keep those blogs going, Karen. (laughs) I'm trying. Yeah, it's good. I know it takes a lot of time. It's a passion, though. You know, it's it's just a passion. When When you research one, something else comes up. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's true of mediumship in general. You know, when we get to one area or one level, you know, there's always another level to unfold. There's always another, you know, piece of evidence to go after. There's always another level of, of degree of, of what you're working with to get to. So it's kind of like that. It's, there's always something more to do, to go after, to um, be a part of. And, you know, it, it is such a, a, such a, a great thing um, in so many ways. But again, we go back to it's so hard in so many ways too. And I think that's the part that a lot of people don't understand, you know, how difficult it is sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with people in such grief and, you know, they leave from the reading and you just sit down and, and, and collapse because, you know, that gives you the moment to be able to cry. You couldn't cry in front of them, but that gives you the moment to really feel the the distress they're in or really feel the uh the grief they're in and you know there's 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 things that we have to learn about this job that this this thing that that we have to hopefully transfer to other people so they understand it also in either these classes that we're doing um, or the development training that you do that we do Um, it's part of it it's not just learning how do you link into the spirit world it's also learning all of these various aspects of what it is to be a medium and learn for yourself you know how to handle these things 
where to go with these things, how to use the community of support. Because sometimes, you know, like, I guess like medical doctors, sometimes people outside those fields really can't understand some of the stresses. Um, It's the same in mediumship. You know, when you talk to another medium and say, oh my gosh, I just had such a tough day with this um, because of such and such, you know, people understand it and, and can kind of support each other in it. And I, and I hope students or people getting into this work um, can look at it from, okay, it's not just the linking into the spirit world. That's the easy part. It's, it's all of the other things that go along with it, that, that, go you, along with it. Yeah. that you need to um, develop to, to strengthen yourself, to work with, to, um, to experience. So when you come to do your job, you do it in a way that's not only professional, but encompassing. And at the end of it, you as a person can still survive and still deal with life um, and, and not kind of fall apart over what, what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. So it is a comprehensive thing. It's not mediumship is not just one thing or the other. It's not just communicating with your world. That's the basis of it, but it is a lot of other things that sometimes we don't think about um, until we're in it. So we try to, you know, encompass those and incorporate those things in our, in our teaching, in our school to, so people are more prepared um, and they don't find themselves just in an experience that they don't know how to handle. Like you were saying before, you know, um, that they, that they can have a support you know, and we're always available for students, whether they're in class or not in class, or they graduated three years ago. You know, if they've got a question or they're dealing with something, I get an email from them and I answer it because it is important to have that support as we go on. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so anything else, with... my friend? We're no, running out of time, no. aren't we? We're running out of little time here. So we want to thank you, all the uh, truth seekers around the globe, for enlightening them tonight. Because you are also a pioneer of spiritualism. Absolutely. Well said, Karen. So good night, my friend. Until we good meet night, again. Good night, Karen. Thank you for the opportunity. And, um, you know, for anybody listening, you know, Spiritual Path Church, you know, with Reverend Karen Heasley, um, when we talk about integrity and when we talk about love of the spirit world, um, Believe me, that's the place, and and she's got it. So uh, look her up also. And, Karen, we will talk soon, I am sure. Thank you. Okay. You take care. Good night, everybody. Good night, all you truth seekers around the world. And remember, until we meet again, may you be the light that helps others see.